We've been talking a lot about the rookies and the new faces that the Steelers have, but what about the old faces who need to be looking over their shoulders for what may be coming to replace them? And that's not just starters, it's their spots on the depth chart. We'll talk about the most vulnerable Steelers right now as OTAs go into week three in the Steelers locker room. I'm Chris Carter, host of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined today by Ray Fittipato, also Jason Mackey, on Pirates and their big win streak. we got a lot of fun to talk about this episode. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hey everyone, welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Ray Fittipaldo, one of our Steam Steelers beat writers here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find this show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel or to this podcast channel to get all of all of your daily content from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We have a lot of great content that comes out here daily, but again, this show, the North Shore Drive Podcast, comes out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we break things all things down on Pittsburgh Sports. Ray, we had a weekend. We got some really nice sunny weather. It was awesome. And uh, now we're back and it's week three of Steelers OTAs. But we've gotten a chance now to kind of sit back and look at how some of the new faces they brought in, not just the rookies, but the but the free agents are fitting in with the different parts of the Steelers roster. And part of it is something that you wrote about uh, last last week, like last week or the end of last week on Friday about Dan Moore Jr. and his, his confirming during, you know, OTA's locker rooms that he's been getting some work on the right side of the offensive line. Now, of course, this is just OTA. It's football in shorts. It's not. It's not you know padded work. It's not him doing the hard drills of uh, of, of what would be coming in August at St. Vincent College. But it made me wonder if he's getting ready for right tackle. Is that a legitimate thing of concern for Chakuma Korfor? I mean, Chakuma Korfor is a guy that's going to make what thirteen million dollars off the Steelers this year, and. He's a guy that they've kind of solidified as the starter over there, but he hasn't been stellar. I think everyone can kind of agree with that. He's he's been solid. He's just hasn't, but he hasn't he hasn't been exceptional at his position just yet. It, when you wrote that piece and you're looking at that, what is your expectations for how Dan Moore Jr. could impact the right tackle depth chart? Right. Well, Chris, I think for this year, getting Dan Moore comfortable on the right side is very important because you need a swing tackle. And let's face it, Dan Moore is going to be your swing tackle at some point during the 2023 season. He's got to feel comfortable on that side. He only had one start on his college resume at right tackle at Texas A&M. He was a two-year starter at left tackle for the Steelers. Comes in rookie year, earns that starting job, two-year starter at left tackle. So this is all about getting him comfortable. So at whatever point it is, and we don't know when Broderick Jones is going to be ready, but whenever that time comes, Dan Moore has to be comfortable playing both the right and the left side of the line if he's going to be your swing tackle. Now, as far as Chikso Korofor goes, uh, he's he's making too much money for him to be a swing tackle in 2023. I mean, they, they signed him to a $30 million contract over three years to be a starter, and that's what, what he's going to be this year. Now, if you want to project down the road to 2024, Chris, and let's say a core four just continues to be solid, right? And they don't think that he's worth that contract anymore. Right. In the final year of his contract, 
his dead cap hit is only $3 million. So if you think Dan Moore is ready to be a starter at that point, fine. But I, I think Dan Moore is your swing tackle in 2023 when, if and when, Broderick Jones is ready. And I just think right now that time frame, we don't know if that's going to be August, September, October, November. Uh, Chris, that, that's up to Broderick Jones when, when he's ready. There's been a lot of talk about when Broderick Jones will be ready. I mean, Kevin Dotson went on another podcast, uh, 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 you know, like I guess recently, and was say, was saying he didn't understand why they drafted Broderick Jones. And it's like, well, buddy, maybe you shouldn't be talking about why the Steelers yeah. are drafting different people. Uh, right. But but I, I I look at this and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like Broderick Jones, everyone's talking about how great and athletic he is. I I think you know with Dan Moore Jr. kind of preparing to be the swing tackle and or at least you know getting used to the right side. Maybe it is going to be a sooner rather than later proposition, and it just it makes me wonder what's the composition of this offensive line like. Um, are the guards in in play for changing a whole lot? We know Isaac Seomalo's kind of projects just to be the starting left tackle over Kevin Dotson there, but should James Daniels be looking over his shoulder for guys like Herbig or even Dotson, who now he's becomes a backup with Seomalo taking his spot? I don't think so. I think James Daniels, um, his job is safe. Kind of the same thing uh, like Chicho Corfor. He signed uh, a three-year deal last year for averaging $8 million a year. So, um, And he, he wasn't bad last year. I, I thought he was, you know, kind of like Cheeks. I thought he was saw a little bit better, um, a little bit above average. Um, so I, I think he's safe. I think the reason they brought in Nate Herbig was for depth purposes. And they've talked about this. Um, he's a guy who was a depth player in Philadelphia. They had injuries. He stepped in did a really solid job. Same thing with the Jets. He signs with the Jets. Um, again, they have injuries. He steps in. So he's a proven uh, backup center, backup guard type type of guy in this in this league. So um, I think Nate Herbie can start, but if you're talking about um, naming starters who are going to be there for the season opener, I think James Daniels uh, and his job at right guard is safe. I hear you on that. The offensive line seems to be the group that we're talking about the most for shakeups, for changes, and what might be coming there as far as as far as what's going to happen there. But it's not just the offensive line that's dealing with changes. You've got uh, you you've got the tight end position with Darnell Washington. You've got the cornerback position with uh, with both Joy Porter Jr. and Corey Trice Jr. I don't think Corey Trice necessarily will get into the conversation as far as playing time, but Joey Porter Jr a different part of this conversation. We'll get to that conversation in the next segment about other positions where guys maybe should be looking over the shoulder and maybe some sleeper picks there as far as guys that we're not thinking about when it comes to position battles. We'll do all that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Stick with us. We're going to keep talking about that. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at GameTime.co. Now, GameTime.co is, is the website that you can go to to download the app where you can buy tickets for your favorite events at the even up to the last minute and then have it not be stressful in the least. Game, game Time is an app that's fast and easy to use because it helps you buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They give you killer deals on last-minute tickets and they're bet with their best price guarantee, and that, that helps you stop stressing over the tickets that you're about to buy and get and help you get hyped for the fun that you're about to have. Download the Game Time app on your, on your phone or mobile device right now, and it allows you to book tickets even up to the last minute, even if you didn't plan far out in advance and see, oh man, there's this guy coming to town. This 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 team's about to play a game. I didn't I didn't see that was coming. Well, game time's going to help you out because they're going to give you all the best discounts and prices available to help you find those exclusive flash deals on your favorite football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater events, anything like that. 
near you. And they have what's called the game time guarantee. The game time guarantee just means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without stress with game time by downloading the game time app, create an account and use code PITT PIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, gametime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITT PIT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipato talking about Steelers roster spots and maybe some players that should be concerned a little bit more about their position on that roster. Let's flip to the defense here, Ray, and let's talk about the next draft pick that they made, and that was Joey Porter Jr. Now, the Steelers let go of Akella Witherspoon, so that at least answered that part of that, um, and we can expect that. But we've also seen Patrick Peterson talk about playing more in the slot, and it makes you wonder... What's Levi Wallace's position in all of this? Is he solidified as, as a guy who's going to be starting on the outside? This guy had, what, four interceptions last year. And I know that he's not, you know, a super fast corner. I know that he's not the, the prototype for everything that, 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 that would be, like, you know, the long-term guy maybe. But he was good for them last year. He fit in well. He was a good veteran addition, and he seems to fit in well even, even now. Where do you see him fitting in with this cornerback room that has Patrick Peterson, a future Hall of Famer, who's definitely going to be starting, Joey Porter Jr., who was drafted at the start of the second round, and obviously they're going to want to work him in as, you know, as, soon, as soon as he's ready, and Levi Wallace there, and then you have guys like Corey Trice, James Pierre, and the guys that are listed behind them on the depth chart. Right. I think much like the Broderick Jones conversation, um, Levi Wallace's place on this uh, roster, and his place is safe, but his place – in the playing rotation will depend on when Joey Porter Jr. is ready. So let's assume, let's say Joey Porter Jr. has a great camp. He's inserted as a starter uh, going into the season opener. In that scenario, Chris, I think it's it's great news for a guy like Levi Wallace if the Steelers do want to use Patrick Peterson um, um, in the slot on some occasions. You know, a lot of time coaches talking about getting your best 11 on the field, and I think if you would – Look at it. And a lot of this depends on matchups week to week, you know, um, you know, how you can, um, uh, you know, how, how the coaches want to approach each game. It's going to depend on, you know, which types of slot receivers you're, you're playing against every week. But I think Levi Wallace right now has a stronger resume than a guy like Chandon Sullivan. So week to week, if you're trying to get your best 11 guys on the field, maybe Patrick Peterson in the slot, um, is something that can help Levi Wallace get on the field again. But just in terms of where his his place is in, in this rotation, he's two right now. Whenever Joey Porter Jr. is ready, he'll be three. And then week to week, depending on matchups, might be Chandon Sullivan in, 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 in the slot some weeks. You know, if they're playing um, a certain team, hey, in other weeks it might be Patrick Peterson, depending on the personnel packages that they, they want to get out there. But I think Levi Wallace is a good player. I yeah. just think I just don't think he's going to be – a long-term starter here in Pittsburgh just because they went out and got Joey Porter Jr. with the number 32 overall pick. I hear you on that. But also, Patrick Peterson's not exactly – like, he's got maybe a year or two left in, left in the NFL. You know, it makes you wonder, would Levi Wallace be a guy that you kept around just for those purposes to say, like, hey, you know, you need a veteran. Like, I mean, let's say Levi Wallace has another, like, three-interception year, uh, you know, not even because he had four last year, but let's say he gets at least three interceptions this year. 
I find it tough. Like the Steelers would would let would let him go unless he was getting paid by someone else. But yeah. um, you know, I feel like the Steelers might be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should keep that guy around because he's he's really good with the ball in the air. Um, and you know, maybe they could still draft another young cornerback who could kind of you know be brought up with him and Joey Porter Jr. And if Patrick Peterson stays along, uh, but I think that's a, that, that's an interesting question though, still to see the longevity of what the cornerback position is for the Steelers because they drafted you know Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice in the same year, and, and both of them. I think have have been interesting. You know, when we talked to other players about them, they've been excited about like, hey, these young guys are coming in and figuring things out. And again, just OTAs, not a whole lot of stock in you know plays right. that, that 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 you make there. But still, you know, maybe there is the you know a young guard of cornerbacks. You know, rising within the Steelers' ranks that could be taking over in the next three years, and that's why I asked the question about Levi because I think he's in a unique position where he could stay, he could play for several more years, and it's just a question yeah. of what the Steelers want him there. Yeah, I don't think they have to act on that before the season. I don't know that Agreed. Levi Wallace is a candidate for an extension before the season. He's in the second year of a two-year, eight million dollar deal, so he's on the books for about four million this year, and uh, if he has another good year. And he's solid. Yeah. Talk to him before free agency starts next year and uh, see if you can come to uh, an agreement. Uh, Patrick Peterson, we talked about this right when he was signed. Uh, That contract is a two-year contract, but it could be basically a one-year deal if it doesn't work out for whatever reason. So um, that cornerback room is still very much under development, but I think they're in a good spot right now. You got Patrick Peterson there. Um, as the older vet, the mentor type of a guy, I still think he has some juice left. Levi Wallace is a solid number three. And then you just wait to see how Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trace develops. Hey, listen, if Corey Trace shows a lot of potential, and we've seen this across the league, Chris, where some mid to later round cornerbacks work out for guys, then maybe you don't have to invest another draft pick or an early maybe. draft pick in a corner uh, next season, uh, next year. So, I mean, everything's on the table, but I, I think – they're in a nice little position right now where they could just wait to see how these guys develop and then address it, you know, next March and then next uh, April when the draft comes around. I hear you on that. That could be a question. Let's, let's flip back to the offensive side for, for, for a beat here. What about the tight end position? Because they have Pat Frymer, they brought back Zach Gentry, but they drafted Darnell Washington. Now you and I have already talked about Connor Hayward. A lot of people have talked about Connor Hayward and I don't think Connor's you know, you know, going on as far as the the team, I think he's just going to be the the next fullback, Derek White type of guy. But he can also flex to kind of a tight end role if they wanted him to. But Darnell Washington was a guy everyone's excited about. He's a third round pick, a guy that's huge, has made really big plays in college football. A lot of people were excited about his upside, and um, you know, there, there's that question. There's the question there about where he fits in. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specrite para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Does he does he become 
a question for taking the number two spot over Zach Gentry here because I think that's where a lot of Steelers fans, after seeing him drafted and seeing all of the highlights of him blocking and making some crazy plays in college, like, well, there's tight end number two. But is that a given? Because Zach Gentry, I think, was has been solid for the Steelers since last year, and he's been able to make some plays. And it may not be just a simple give that guy up. Uh, in the it, it, it may not just be a simple like, hey, yeah, that's your job now, as some people might think. Yeah, I mean, he's Zach Gentry is a solid um, blocking tight end in this league. And, again, um, like the conversation with Joey Porter Jr. and Broderick Jones, uh, Darnell Washington is going to let that coaching staff know when he is ready to play. And whenever that time comes, I don't think they'll hesitate. They will put the best player on the field. But I don't think you can underestimate the experience um, that Zach Gentry has the last couple of years. I think it was two or three years ago he had that bad injury um, and then he was he was laid up, and then he came back. But for the last two years, he's just been a solid guy that they can count on. He added a lot of weight, sort of made himself into a productive um, player in this league. So he comes back for the vet minimum. I think we all realize, hey, Darnell Washington has this year to sort of get his feet underneath him, and then he's definitely going to be number two um, in 2024. But I, I definitely think there could be a time um, in 2023, whether it's midseason um, where Darnell Washington gets more reps over Jack, Zach Gentry. But the way I see this tight end room on game days, I could see Pat Fryermuth, Zach Gentry, and Darnell Washington all dressing just because of matchups and because of what they want to do in the running game. I hear you. I think it, I think that that could – I mean, they're, they're going to see, I think, a flexing of how this Steelers offense wants to move pieces around because – you look at the, the, the different skills there. One thing I think that Darnell Washington, if there was an if there was a if there was an absolute weakness to his tape when I saw him in college, is that his route tree isn't fully developed. He's not a guy who you know can cut you up in in the, in the secondary with with his moves, but he has the athleticism to get there if he if he was to sharpen those skills. Whereas Zach Gentry, not like he's a prolific route runner, but he's an NFL one. He's 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 grown over the years. He he kind of took time to get where he's at. And I think that that could be where he fits like you're talking about. And it may just be up to Matt Canada and the Steelers about, uh, you know, how they want to uh, how they how they how they want to handle uh, that situation. And, you know, where they want to put Darnell Washington in certain formations. Do they want to bring him out as a as a better blocker for the Steelers and where they'd want to put Pat Fryermuth Because with maybe both of those guys in, you could still have, you can have a three tight end formation. But Fryermuth lining up more like a wide receiver, I, I, I like like you're saying there. I think there's a lot of options on the table for what the Steelers could do. Yeah, and remember, uh, during the season, Chris, 46 game day roster spots, those are precious. You need them yeah. for special teams. It's not going to be a big deal if Darnell Washington doesn't dress early in the season, mm-hmm. and then he just has to prove to the coaches, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready, and then they finally have to put him in there. So that's the nice thing. He's a third-round pick. There's no rush to get him into a situation where he has to – absolutely be in the lineup. Um, we always talk about these projections in, in, in June, July, and August, but special teams, you know, guys we aren't even talking about, guys who have to go down and run under kicks and play on the punt team, the punt return team, those guys have uh, a lot of say in who's going to be dressing on game days, guys like Tanner Muse and Miles Killebrew. So, you know, hopefully Washington is ready. I, I, I agree with you. I think matchups could be – something that Steelers want to target this year with their tight ends, but um, he's going to have to prove to the coaches that he's ready. Um, and he's going to have to improve that route tree, as you said, before that happens. 
I agree. Lots of things to work on. But, hey, that's part of what OTAs and mini camp and training camp before. We're not even to the second one yet. He's Ray Fittipato. He'll be at the facility all week long for Steelers OTAs. We'll have more talking with him and our other Steelers guys here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you so much, Ray. We're going to switch topics to the Pirates, who all of a sudden are hot. They've won five straight. They've won back-to-back series. And now where's the question is Jason Mackey. Are they finally do it having that turnaround that he was talking about could be around the corner? We'll talk about that with him in the next segment right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We switch topics to the Pittsburgh Pirates, where Jason Mackey is always on the scene, our esteemed beat writer there. Jason, the Pirates are on fire. They've won five straight, beating the w- w- winning the last two games in San Francisco against the Giants, then sweeping the Cardinals back at home. And now they have the Oakland A's, the worst team in baseball, with only 12 wins here in June so far. And it looks like this could be something that you and I were talking about, was the question was, when would they get out of the slump of May? When would they be able to right the ship and start stacking some wins back up so that they can get back above 500 or like get, get that kind of get some more of that distance that they had in April? We knew we knew the April record might be too good to be true, but now it seems like they have turned around. What have you seen them that has helped them kind of gener- generate some of these wins? They and these have been close wins. They beat the Cardinals by two on Friday. They beat them by one run both on Saturday and Sunday. What's been the key here? for the Pittsburgh Pirates? A variety of things, Chris, really. And that's that's sort of my answer, that it's been a little bit of a bunch of different things. Um, they've been smarter on the bases, which is not necessarily the biggest thing, but just the first thing that pops to mind because that was so bad for parts of May. They fielded the ball better. David Bednar, you saw it over the weekend, three consecutive saves against the Cardinals. They needed people to step up in big spots, and they did. You know, I would also use the example Rich Hill yesterday. The bullpen stressed it through 12 innings the past two nights. The rain delay had something to use, something to do with it. And here comes Hill, six and two-thirds innings of one-run ball. Like, that is a clutch start when they've needed it. So it, it really hasn't been one guy, one pitcher, one facet taking over, but it's been sort of these incremental improvements. We've seen a, a periodic explosion of offense. Um, I know we're going to get the key Brian Hayes, but, like, that's been something. Him mm-hmm. adding more in the middle of the lineup has been an important part, but I just, this is more the brand of baseball they played in April. Yeah. I, I, it seems like they're not making the same mistakes that you and I were talking about. Just some of the basic errors that were clogging up their play in, in May a bit here, but let's talk about key Brian Hayes. What's he done that that's, that's kind of allowed him to be, to come up in some big moments for the pirates and kind of be that spring, some of that star power that they've been waiting for. Yeah, so I'm going to trace this back a couple of days. We were actually in San Francisco that first game, the Memorial Day loss. Um, mm. Absolutely a terrible game for the Pirates. But Key Bryan sat. He had a really rough series in Seattle before. I think he was one for 15, one for 14, eight strikeouts. Just looked lost at the plate. Derek Shelton set him down. I remember asking Shelton, um, you know, was that pre-planned or whatever? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, that was pre-planned. I, I don't care what it was. Like, he needed to get away, and he did. And he did some really good work on the field. Came back in, had a really good San Francisco series. And what they've done with Hayes, Chris, honestly, is simplify. Be more athletic. Think less. He's thought a lot about an approach, a launch angle, where he's catching the ball. 
getting it out front, how he's trying to drive it. Like he's taking all this external noise and trying to sort of infuse it into his swing, which is a bad place to be if you're a baseball player. Key Brian Hayes can hit. I, I firmly believe that he can hit. Now, does he think about too many things when he's hitting? Yes, I would agree with that. And the results have suffered. But he is, at least in my eyes, sort of decluttered that, got back to being himself, and I really like the spot he's in right now. He had an excellent series against the Cardinals. I agree. When you look, when you look at what he was doing and coming up in big ways for them, and they, but the Pirates need that. They need their star players, the guys that they're paying to come through in, in those big moments. Where are the Pirates right now, man? Like, like as far or, as like your – existential on us, Chris. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, what? 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 What are the pirates right now? I mean, uh, are, they, are they a thing? But let's look at them. They're thirty-one and twenty-seven. They're a half game back from the Brewers, who sit in first place in the NL Central. But that's very well something that you know they're back and forth with 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 that team. They've got a lot of baseball left to play. But again, the NL Central not that great this year. You know, yep. you you look at that. The Pirates at you know at, at thirty one and twenty seven are half game back at first. The guys below them, the Cubs are five and a half games back of them. Right? So I, I look I look at that and I think like man, like what's the position that the Pirates could be as we push towards the All Star break here? Do you see the Pirates maintaining this sort of pace where they're gonna they can stay above five hundred? Because we knew again twenty and nine like that record they weren't going to maintain the April pace, but is the pace that they're kind of at now, their winning percentage is like 534. Is that a range where you see them maintaining that for some time, or do you see just a bit, lots of roller coastering that's just going <laughs> to kind of make this tough to predict? I do think they can bob along at this sort of clip, Chris. I do, okay. at least for the next six weeks, two months, something like that. I think inevitably, one, they're going to have decisions to make at the trade deadline, whatever. I think, two, one of the issues with the Pirates right now that you can criticize them for is not enough depth. I think they would tell you they're not deep enough at the major league level. Like they've got hope. You've got guys in AAA you hope to come up and, and you know produce, but it's certainly not a sure thing. That being said, I think they can maintain this for a little bit longer. I think they will. And you asked me earlier, like, what are the Pirates? Where are the Pirates? That sort of thing. And I think that's a fascinating question with the team right now because the NL Central is so mediocre. We're not looking at the Mets the Phillies, the Braves, the, the way they have it in the East. Or in the West, you've got the Padres, the Dodgers, even the Giants. Like Those teams don't exist in this equation. The Pirates are very much competitive. They're very much in the thick of things. Like We just saw the Cardinals. They've been the class of the division. Great. But they were ineffective and have had a lot of problems. The Milwaukee's playing better baseball. They're a little bit of a threat to me. But right now, the way I see the Pirates going, I mean, they are very much in this thing. And I don't see any reason they can't be in this thing for the next six weeks to two months. I hear you. I think that they, they, they have every reason to be in it the way that they've been playing. But let's also talk about the next opponent that they've got. Three games against the A's in Pittsburgh, uh, starting, in fact, tonight uh, with, 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 with the Pirates. Um, looking at this game, you got Oviedo on, on the mound. Keller will be, will be taking the mound Tuesday here, then Contreras on Wednesday the A's right now are absolutely terrible. If you go look at it, they have the worst rate record in baseball, 12 and 49, a 197 uh, win, win percentage right now. They are abysmal. Their attendance is, is down low. There's talks about this franchise relocating to Las Vegas, all that stuff. They're coming in on a four-game losing streak after getting swept by the Marlins, though they did win a series against the Braves recently uh, in, in, their, in their home stadium. 
What do the Pirates have to watch out for here to avoid any upsets from the A's and maintain this pace that they're on? The A's are ridiculous, Chris. They really are. <laughs> um, I feel bad for these guys. I really do. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what's going on here. It's I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for the players on the team. Like, nobody asked for this. You could pull 17 different numbers, and they're just all abysmal. Like, their ERA, their team ERA was over seven. I mean, I can't give you any reasonable things to watch out for. I mean, Brent Rooker is their designated hitter and has some decent stats, whatever. They have a guy who's, I believe, leading the league in steals. I can pull that up real quick. Estiri Ruiz, great. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like the pirates are either going to beat themselves or they're not like, that's what I'm looking for out of the pirates. They they need to not make stupid mistakes. That's both in the field on the bases. They need to get quality starting pitch. I really like the bullpen, especially the back end and how that has sort of comported itself. Uh, David Bednar can't pitch tonight. I know these are a bunch of random stray thoughts, but it's the way my brain works. Like, you know, they, they've got enough going for them. They just need to not screw it up. Get some timely hitting and play clean baseball. They should absolutely – I mean, take two of three. I'd like to see them sweep. And then, I mean, my goodness, you've set yourselves up. You've got a nine-game homestand. You won the first six going into a a series against the Mets. Like, shoot, just get one. Get one of three, and that's a tremendous homestand. So – they need to take care of business against Oakland for sure. It, is, this, is this a disappointment if they don't sweep the A's? Like, I, like again, we're talking how well, bad they are. Well, but, like, I, I but like it's still baseball. It's still baseball. Stuff happens. Yeah. You know, and, again, I, I don't mean to rip on the athletics players. I mean, they're still major leaguers. They're, they're still getting paid. Right. Like, you know, they, they, they're, try, they're trying their best, but that's not what I mean. Like, you know, every once in a while they're going to run into something. Nobody goes on yeah. the field. So I don't, I don't view it as a disappointment. Now, if they only take one of three from Oakland, yes, you can call that a disappointment. Like, just take two of three. Take two of three. You will have won five of six on the homestand. You're setting yourself up for a, a great weekend series against the Mets. I love that. Just, you know, get two of three. Well, we'll see what happens there. He's Jason Mackey. He'll be on the scene here for the Pittsburgh Pirates in their homestand. They've got the A's for the next three days at PNC Park. They're off on Thursday, and then they take on the New York Mets Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That should be an exciting series as well. All the Pittsburgh Pirates coverage as well as the Pittsburgh Steelers coverage at post-gazette.com. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. We also thank Ray Fittipaldo for joining us, and we thank you all for joining us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. This was the Monday edition. We've got a special surprise for Wednesday. I know I promised one for Friday. We had some schedule switch-ups. We've got a special guest coming up, a former Steeler coming up, a Super Bowl champion Steeler coming up who's got a lot to say about the Steelers' current roster. We'll talk about that on the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast from chris carter and jason Mackey. have a great monday thanks for tuning in to another episode of the north shore drive podcast of the pittsburgh post gazette if you're watching this video on youtube please like the video and subscribe to our youtube channel for six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just six dollars click the link down below in the description Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.